about the different things through Mission of Hope and what they kind of offer here. Um, so we're just heading down to church and learning all about Mission of Hope. I heard the shepherds, I heard the sheep sleep, now my only one. Broken sweethearts. We just started VC, which is Mission of Hope's North Campus, and now we're headed to Levesque. We are in Sioux Smotla. Today is our first day of work project. We're here helping build a canal or kind of a tunnel for water to hopefully source through one day. Um, but yeah, we just got out here. We're doing good. Sweating a lot, but we're good. It's really exciting because two years ago, this huge canal was filled with garbage and rubble and was really not able to be used. So now we're kind of digging out the canal and removing rocks and all that trash. I am see-through. So slow y'all so thin. As I begin rubbing others out, your state washes on my skin. We are just so grateful for the opportunity to meet these two beautiful women. Good morning. It is good to be back here. I feel like every time I, I have the privilege to come up once a year, that God kind of turns down the thermostat a bit and has a good laugh. <laughs> like, it's going to be warm until you get there. <laughs> but it's good to be back. We do feel like this is a time for us as a family to come and be with you all as a family. Uh, we don't get the chance to travel to church as much as a family. So if I could have my family stand up, I just want you to be able to see them because the kids are getting bigger, and yeah, my wife Vanessa, Bo, 
Georgie and Jama, and then our oldest is in college this year, so this, this year he wasn't able to join us. But this morning, I just want to first of all say thank you. Uh, it's good to be with you here and those that are live. Um, thank you for making us family. Uh, thank you for making the people of Susmatla family. Uh, that, that moves my heart to see you guys love on them that way. Uh, that's, the, that's the village that started it for us. Uh, that was where the little girl uh, died in her father's arms. And that's why we went to Haiti, was because of that little village, Susmatla. So thank you for being a part of that with us. Uh, today, I just want to take time, first of all, celebrate what happened in this room yesterday. 60,000 meals were packed. Uh, thank you for jumping in here. It was amazing to see the transformation of the room. I mean, there was tables everywhere, food flying, and now here we are in church. Um, but thank you for doing that. Thank you for those that funded it, and thank you for you all that came here and worked. Uh, those meals are going to go to kids that, in many respects, wouldn't get a meal if it wasn't for what you did. So thank you for helping them, and really for answering the prayers of their moms as they prayed that their kids could have something to eat. So thanks for being a part of that. I want to today start off by just celebrating. Celebrating what God's done in Mission of Hope for the country of Haiti with you all. We couldn't do it. I mean that. We couldn't do it without partners like you. For, for you guys to say, hey, we are going to own the lostness of changing a village is huge. And I could walk you through steps of all that you all have done. But that little water trench that you, you built is transformative. That, that will keep kids alive. It seems crazy, but something as simple as that will keep people alive and it'll let the people know that God's moving in their village. So thank you for being a part of that. 2016 was our by far our best year. We're going to put a slide up here just so you can celebrate with us all that God did. But I just want to say first, in church advancement, I know it's coming up. In church advancement, we had 1,724 people make first-time commitments to follow Christ. That's why we do what we do. And so people hear the life-saving message. Yeah. So God did a great, great thing there. We also had, this is a crazy number, uh, and I, I pray for and thank the people that do this all the time. We had 5,587 VBS kids come to, to this summer. That's a lot of kids. Uh, that's a lot of kids. So they came in. This summer we're really excited because something that we're able to do, we're launching, is while we're doing VBS, we're also doing a sports clinic. This will be our first summer to really try to minister kind of the VBS for the teens. So that's going to be really exciting to see what God does with that. In education this year, we had 6,502 kids running through the schools of Mission of Hope and our partner schools. Very blessed by that. We had over 9,000 children using our Mwenka Pop curriculum. And that is a Christ-centered curriculum. And we're praying that all the kids of Haiti can get that. And right now, it's sitting on the desk at the government, and they're, they're looking to give that approval to us. So we're, we're excited about what God's going to do there. And also, 91,000 children are receiving daily nutrition. So really excited about what God's doing through that. And that's what those, those 60,000 meals that you packed yesterday, 90,000 meals a day are going out. And that really opens the door for us to share the gospel throughout the country. We also had this year in our medical, our biggest increase in medical ever. And it was also our most effective spot for the gospel. We had almost 5% of everybody that came through medical, 35,000 people this year, received Christ. They all heard the gospel, but 5% accepted Christ. So it was really effective for us uh, to see what God did through that was amazing. We had 581 people 
come into the, our prosthetics lab, many of them without limbs, and get new limbs. That is one of those things when you get to watch that happen, that it's, it's life-giving because they come in very depressed, feeling like they lost their life, and then they get a limb that we make, our team makes, and then they go and they, they learn how to walk with it. It's amazing what God's done through that. So we celebrate that. We also celebrate this, the fact that 214 families this year received new homes that we were able to build for them. That, that brings our total from the earthquake up to 894 homes total built, which is a miracle. We never thought that that would happen, but God knew it needed to happen. Going forward, this year we plan to build about 1,000 new homes. So we're gonna double what we've done since the earthquake, but God's opened up many doors for us to be able to provide houses. And the reason we do that is because we know that if we can give someone a house, then at that point they have life and we get to minister to them over and over again through that new community that they're in. As well, we were able to, to train 1,774 1, farmers throughout the country. The reason that's so important, I mentioned it yesterday at the, the meal packing event, is that because right now, Haiti can only produce, if they, all the food that Haiti produces, you put it together, it'll only feed 55% of the population. So there's a big delta of what has to come in. That's why meal packing is so important, that we take care of the, the need today. But when we project where we want to go long term, we don't want to always be importing food when Haiti has lots of land that can grow food. So part of what we've done is started to work with farmers. And we started a new initiative called Grains of Hope. Some of you all saw it yesterday. It's a little box where we're going to start. You guys were the first people we ever told it to across the United States. So we're excited about that. But we're going to start uh, selling that at $3 a box. And it's like macaroni and cheese, but it's rice and beans. And every time you, your family eats that, five kids in Haiti get to eat. And so we hope that that'll start to be able to help us train the farmers, buy from the farmers, hire a Haitian to package the food, and feed the child. So it's a really, we're, we're excited about what God's going to do there. Overall, and this is the number I want to celebrate with you, what God did last year, 213,177 lives were impacted for the gospel last year because of our partnership and because of what God's doing through Mission Hope. So thank you for helping us do that. Uh, this morning, I want to tell you a little bit about, just because we're family, I feel like I need to update you on the hurricane. Many of you knew that a hurricane went through Haiti. Um, when we knew the hurricane was coming, we got our team together and we, we formed what we called the War Room. And uh, Janiel, I don't know if Janiel's in here now, but Janiel was out front. You'll see him right at the head of the table. Above there, we had the, the Weather Channel going because we were tracking that storm for a couple days, praying that when it got to the south part of Haiti, it was just gonna keep going off into the, the ocean, which a lot of storms do. This one took a direct turn north and went right up into Haiti. So our team was sitting there and we were, we were discussing for the first two days, okay, what happens if it comes our way? And then at this point, you can see it's a little more serious on our faces, it's turned towards us. And now we're discussing what are we going to do? how to pre-positioning food across the island because we knew it was gonna be bad. And what happened was it was worse than we could have imagined. Uh, it came on the island on the south portion. Now, this is actually a, a good picture. So that doesn't, the destruction's not really as, as bad there as it really was, but that's one little small village that we went to. Uh, about 70% of the homes in this village were destroyed. Uh, the, the, all the vegetation was gone on the south part of the island. I mean, all of it. 
and then the animals, crops that were in, it was harvest season when the storm hit, so they lost their harvest. Uh, it was, I, the earthquake was bad, but it was centralized. This was the entire southern portion of Haiti that was hit. We, we were able, for, through many churches like y'all that gave us money, we were able to rent a barge. And so we took a barge out with food that, like you packed, and when we went to places we would land, and this is what we would find, is we would find thousands of people that would come from all over because all the lines of food and delivery were broke. So they would come there and it was amazing to be able to hand those, that food out uh, to the people and see how God was using that to the point where, you know, I put myself in their, their position as if my kids were hungry and what would I do? And as we would pull in, boats would, little boat, paddle boats would come out to us with dads asking for food. And so we'd throw food to them and they'd put them in their boat and they would go off. But it was just amazing to see the despair. Uh, since this point, God has done amazing things. Uh, we've seen our partners in the South that we've worked with. We have an organization that we work with called Haiti One. And in Haiti One, there's over 500 partners. They're all throughout the island. But in the South, we were able to call our partners and go, what do you need? What's your, what's your situation? Where are you at? And the United States Marines, when they came in, they actually worked with us. So we would say, okay, we have a partner here at this coordinates. They would take the food they brought in, our government brought in, and drop it to missionaries, the churches in that area. And it was, by their words, one of the most effective relief efforts they've ever seen around the world. And it was because the church was working together. It was amazing to see what God did through that. But one of the things we asked a question was, how do we get to the South? Right now we send groups to the south and it takes about uh, nine to 10 hours for 130, 140 miles. It's a really bad road, rough. And so God opened the door for us to buy a boat. It's called True North and you'll see it here on the screen. Uh, it's in Florida right now. And we, True North, because we know that when you're lost, you need to find True North, which is Jesus. And so we hope that the boat will take teams out. It sleeps 24 in bunk beds. So. It's not like staterooms, make sure you understand that. It's bunk beds. Uh, it was an old fishing boat, but in June it'll be in Haiti in service. And so some of y'all, when you come down, you might be able to take it out. On this boat, you'll leave from our place in Port-au-Prince and you'll go out and it'll take you about eight hours by boat to get to the same place it took eight to 10 hours to drive. The difference is we call this our floating campus. So when you get there, you'll be able to take a small boat into shore, work for the day, and then come back out at night and sleep on the boat. You'll have dinner on the boat, and it'll be our own campus. The, the beauty of what we like about it is we can serve not just one location in the South, but we can go to all of our partners that are there and say, how can we work with you? How can we help you advance the gospel where you're at? So we're very excited about True North and it coming into, into our line. Uh, you know, as I, as I look around Haiti, one of the things that is always hard is when you walk into a situation where you don't have the answers. Uh, that's from day one, really, that's been the, the case from the time I went to a small orphanage and we found our oldest son and looking at 60 kids going, okay, God, what do I do with 60 starving kids? Uh, and one of the things that I'm learning and I, and I want to talk to you about this morning is I believe what Jesus was teaching the disciples when he was talking about the, the passage that Pastor read he was preparing the disciples for a time when they were going to be without him. And he was preparing them from a, knowing that many of them were in business and they were fishermen. And he said, listen, guys, 
First, the first part of the scripture that we didn't read was don't store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. And what's interesting to me, and this is what I, I want to discuss with you, is you know, when God looks at the world, the plans he has for the world, and he looks at the problems of the world, he sees ISIS. He sees the hungry children. He sees the aborted babies. He sees the children right now that are in foster, they're, they're in a, a home somewhere that need a parent. They need to be in a foster home. He sees that. And the one thing that I believe is that God has a plan. God has a plan. Just like you saw our war room there, I believe God is the greatest strategist that, that there ever was. And he's got a strategy to come and to relieve and bring uh, redemption to the world. And so, the first thing that I, I want to talk about this morning that I believe we can learn together, I'm still in process trying to learn this, is, is that God has a plan. He has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan. You know, when, I believe when God looked down on the earth and he saw the people of Israel crying out, they were in bondage, they were in slavery, and they were crying out. He put a little baby in a basket and he sent it down a river. And he was found by the Pharaoh's daughter. And here we know today of Moses. All because God had a plan. He knew he needed to deliver the people. God saw a world that was broken, but he found a faithful person in Noah. And he had a plan to bring the, the change to the world through Noah. God saw that we were broken that there was, that sin had separated us from him and God had a plan and he sent his son, Jesus, that on the cross he might die for us. And on that cross we might have the hope of not just today, but eternal life. You see, our God has a plan. God looked down on the world and he saw that he wanted to take the gospel to the Gentiles. So he found the worst, most notorious murderer of the Christians, faith. And he knocked him off a horse. And he changed him from Saul to Paul. And now we, we, he's a storied warrior for the Lord. And he took the gospel to the Gentiles. You see, God has a plan to redeem the world. And I, I believe squarely that we're a part of that plan. One thing that I believe is that God sends the right people with the right gifts at the right time. That if those who have, he's given those gifts and the time to will see the need around them and meet it that he'll bring healing and redemption to the world. The question, though, on his plan is not does he have a plan, but are we willing to accept God's plan? I know when we moved to Haiti, that was the biggest struggle I had, was I knew we had to do it. I, I knew that we didn't want these little babies that we saw in Sousa Montlet, that one little baby die. We didn't want it to happen again, not when we could do something about it, but it wasn't my plan. It was God's plan, and I didn't know if I wanted to submit to God's plan. But we can rest assured, and I, I, Pastor, you did this this morning, but I think we can all just take this big breath, breath right now, let it out. God's got a plan. We can rest in that. No matter what you're facing, no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what the world looks like, no matter what the news channel that you prefer is telling you, God's got a plan, and we can rest in that. The second thing is this, and this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, God has what he needs in place to meet the needs of his people and redeem the lost. 
I believe this with my whole heart. In Haiti, right here in White Bear, God has positioned every gift and every resource he needs to redeem White Bear today. When you think about Jesus, he's looking at 5,000 people. And there they are, they're sitting on a hillside and he's, the Bible says he has compassion on them because they were hungry and they've been traveling and listening for so long. So he says to the disciples, we're gonna feed them. The disciples go, are you crazy, Jesus? We don't got anything here. We don't have what we need. But God had a plan and he had just what he needed at just the right time to meet that need. A little boy walking along. Who would have thought a little boy carrying his bag with his bread and his fish that it, Jesus calls on him. He takes the bread. He feeds 5,000 people, and the Bible says there was food left over because always God has a plan, and he has just what he needs at just the right place. When Abraham was called to sacrifice his son, he walked him up, and the whole time he's walking up there, God had just what he needed at just the right moment. That ram was walking up the other side of the hill, so he would get stuck in that thicket just at the right time, so as Abraham raised that knife, he would find the sacrifice because God always has a plan and he has what he needs where he needs it. In my life personally, I've seen this time and time again. The first was a guy named Matt. I met in high school, he was with Youth for Christ. My mom and dad taught me to love Jesus, but it really wasn't internalized until God sent this guy right at the right time in my life to walk me through and disciple me on how to follow Christ. If it had not been for him, I don't know where I'd be today, but God sent him. I know there was a guy one time in, in, in Haiti, we have now a place that we opened called the Grace House. If you all were there, you saw the Grace House. It's for elderly care. But before that, they would just throw the elderly really to the street if they didn't have any place to live. And they would go to this little place called an asile. And at the asile, people would just, they would just sit there. And so one day a friend of mine said, hey, I would like to visit this place. I hadn't been there probably for three years. And we walked in. And on the floor, there, there was laying a, a man shriveled up on his side. And his wife said he hasn't been conscious for quite a while and he's soon going to die. So I just, I was going to pray with him. I knelt down beside him and he, he opened his eyes. And I started talking to him and he could barely talk, but he, he was there. And I said, brother, have you ever accepted Christ? He said, no. I said, would you like to today? He said, Yes. So we prayed right there. And I wish I could show you this picture of this man, but he was knocking on heaven's door. And he accepted Christ. Two days later, he died. But while I walked away going, God has a plan. He knows just what he needs at just the right time. And in this case, this guy heard the gospel right before he passed. One day I got a call when we were in Haiti. This was in 2009. This was a crazy story that, that they said, hey, we've got an ambulance for you. They were from Canada. And I said, okay, that's great, but we don't have a hospital. We have a clinic. We don't really need an ambulance. And they said, no, we, we really want you to have this ambulance. I said, okay, I'm going to say this again. We really don't need an ambulance, but uh, if you want us to have an ambulance, we'll take it. But here's what's going to happen. It's going to go to our parking lot. It's going to sit there. And someday, I can't tell you when, someday, if we need an ambulance, we'll use it. Okay, we'll send the ambulance. <laughs> okay, we're going to take an ambulance. So we get the ambulance. It's sitting in the parking lot, like I said it would. We're not using it. And then I get a call from an EMT. And he says, my wife and I have been praying. We feel like we need to come to Haiti. I said, well, listen, we have an ambulance. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't do emergency care. 
you know, you, you're going to come down and we can line you up to teach first aid. You know, I'm trying to think, you know, what's like the, the kiss of death for an EMT. He doesn't want to hear teach first aid. He's like, okay. I'm like, so you still want to come? <laughs> yes. So he, him and his family moved down. So 2009, late 2009, we have an ambulance that we don't have any plans to use. And we have an EMT that we have no plans to send out in the ambulance. And then 2010 hits, January 12th. And the worst earthquake that Haiti's ever seen happens. And because God had a plan, and he puts just what he needs at just the right moment, we were one of two ambulances in the country of Haiti. And we had the only trained EMT that could take that ambulance out. And because God had that plan, hundreds of lives were saved. We were transporting people from this hospital to that hospital. I could have never projected that, but God had a plan. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he needed. We had two doctors come down to Haiti. And these doctors were, were, one of them was a believer and one of them was an atheist. And at the time when they were coming down, we didn't, we didn't have a surgical suite. It was right after the earthquake. We just had a makeshift surgical suite. And they would operate on two beds right by each other. And most of what the operations they were doing were amputations. And so they came in. And they started to, to, to work on these two ladies. And the problem was, at the time, we could only do local uh, anesthetics. So they, would, they, could only, they couldn't feel lower extremities, but they could talk. So the ladies were sitting there, and they started to sing, Great is thy faithfulness, just as the doctors started to amputate their legs. And the, they had to shut the equipment down because the atheist doctor looked at the believing doctor, and he said, if those two ladies that were about to amputate their legs, can sing about a God that's faithful in this moment. There has to be a God. You see, God knew exactly what that doctor needed at exactly the right time. This, and and to, to make the, the longer story short, he went on and accepted the Lord. And now he's following Jesus because of that one lady. The lady ended up in a few months, she passed away. But in that moment, she was so faithful and God used her in amazing ways because God knows the plan and he puts right where he needs what he needs. I could go on and on and on, but the question is this, where's God put you? Today, where has God put you? You see, it's not just true in Haiti. It wasn't just true with the little boy that was carrying the loaves. It wasn't just true of that ram that was coming up the backside of the hill. Today, God looks at the earth in the great strategy room of heavens, and he looks down and he says, I know what White Bear Lake needs, and I've already pre-positioned it. That's the church. It's us. It's our gifts, our talents. So the question is this, are we willing to just look around, recognize that God has a plan, and that around us, are people that need what God's put in us. They need our time. They need our talents. And they need our treasures, those things that God's gifted us with. Now, I know what I, know what I think when this happens is, okay, God, you've blessed me. I'm living in America. I have more than I deserve. But how can I give it away? What will happen about tomorrow? This is exactly what Jesus is telling the disciples. Guys, listen. Look at the birds of the air. Where's their warehouse? You don't go down the interstate and see like a bird warehouse. I mean, that's not there. They don't have to do that because God provides for them. Look at the flowers of the field. Look how beautiful they are because God 
clothe them. He'll take care of tomorrow. Now, this is the third point. And, I, and this is one I'm trying to get my arms around. I'll be honest, I struggle with it, but I found the reality in it. We can empty ourselves today with full confidence that God's got tomorrow. We can empty ourselves fully today knowing that God has tomorrow. When the earthquake, ha or the earthquake happened, we had a, a full warehouse. We emptied it and God provided. The hurricane happened just now or just a few months ago. And I got a call from our manager of the warehouse and he said, Pastor Brad, the warehouse is getting low. And we, and we have 91,000 kids we feed a day. What do we do? I said, what I learned from the earthquake is that we empty. And so this is what the warehouse looked like when he called me. Now those racks are supposed to be completely full because we rotate food all the time. So we always have two to five million meals sitting in the warehouse so that if we do have something happen, we have enough to feed the kids. He said, what do we do? I said, empty it. So we emptied it. And I'm telling you, we didn't have a plan of what, what, how we were gonna fill it back up. So I remember that a friend had called six months earlier and said, hey, we have 50 containers in Kansas City area that if you can get them to Haiti, we'll give them to you. 50 containers of food. I was like, man, that's great, but that's half a million dollars. It's $10,000 a container to ship them. So I didn't know how we were gonna do it, but we, we prayed about it and we emptied the warehouse and God got a hold of a company called BNSF, train lines, railways, and they dedicated a train, again, only God can make this plan happen. Only God can put the right people at the right time like this. They dedicated a train out of Kansas City to take all 50 containers of food to Miami. And I was like, guys, great, but trains don't go to Haiti. What do we do then? Then, then Crawley Shipping Lines, they own big ships, they come in and say, hey, we'll take the containers from Miami into Port-au-Prince. So within a matter of two to three weeks, this is what our warehouse looked like. Because the fact is this, and this is what I'm learning, is that when we seek his kingdom first, his plan, we can confidently give today. We can be faithful with today. Not worrying that we're gonna run out because God supplies us all we need to advance his kingdom and to take care of us. The assurity is this, that God knows what you need right now before you're gonna need it. Man, that's good. God has a plan. He has the gifts he needs right where he needs them to meet the need of today and that we can give fully, fully today with full confidence that God's got tomorrow. I just, I thank you for helping us to be a part of redeeming Haiti and seeing God work in Haiti. You're a part of our family. Today, I wanna encourage you with one thing before I close out is we have 50-ish children, profiles of children in the back. I get in trouble because I always say children and then people always go, where are the kids? But they're actually profiles of children in the back. Um, these kids are in our school. We have a pretty ambitious goal of going from where we're at, which is just over 6,000 kids to 20,000 kids in the next three years. Uh, these kids are kids that we have to get sponsored before we can open it up to go to more kids. $35 a month, it it, literally, it changes their life. For some of you, I was talking to some of the church that came down. They got to meet their sponsored kid. It's a really cool thing to be able to see what your money's doing and how it's changing their life. This little girl's Marie, and her mom is a driver. Her dad is a vendor. She has four siblings. Her favorite subject is math, and she wants to be a nurse. Now, the beauty of this 
the kids is when we started this, they never dreamed of nurse. You didn't see that on there. You saw my dad's a vendor, my mom's a driver, and I wanna be a vendor. But today, because of what God's doing through sponsors like you guys, their dreams are changing. They're believing they can change their lives and they can change their nation for the Lord. So if God would lay it on your heart, we need you to stop by out there and help us with that. But more than that is this, that you guys come down and you're on missions trip with us. This is your mission field. And I pray that you'll leave with this. You'll ask one simple question. God, you put me here. What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to love? Who do you want me to use my gift to invest in? And when we do that, I believe we'll see God's kingdom come right here. We'll see white bear changed. We'll see this area changed. And we can see an entire nation of Haiti changed. Thank you for what you're doing. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. We thank you, Father, for this church and what you've done. God, the impact over almost 10 years that you've had on countless lives, both here and in Haiti. Thank you. And God, I pray that, Lord, we will run hard after continuing to advance your kingdom. And that, Lord, we will celebrate all that you've done. Lord, we, we see what you did this year. And Lord, we go with great expectation that you're going to do that in greater ways, both here and in Haiti. God, thanks for this time. May your word uh, stay in our hearts and may we become doers of your word. Amen. Can I invite you all to stand up? We're going to pray together. You know, Jesus teaches us who follow him to pray to our Heavenly Father who loves us, to know that he is our Father, that his heart is for us and for his world, and teaches us to pray that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done right here on earth, just as it is in heaven. We're going to pray for the needs of our world, for God's healing, offering our lives to participate in his work. I'm going to lead us in some opening prayer, and then one of the things we do somewhat regularly around here is I'm just going to shut my mouth, and you guys can open yours if you'd like to say a name or a sentence out loud that identifies a prayer concern that's on your heart for God's work in our world right here, nearby, far away, your family, friends, whatever. Uh, we are praying for God's work here. So let's bow our heads and hearts together in prayer. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your care and your concern for your world. Thank you for your work, for your rescue, for your salvation, for the presence of your spirit in the world. And thank you that you have a plan, that you're way out in front of us, that you see what we don't see, but you've put us, you've put your people, you've put your church, this one and thousands of others, on location to participate in your mission, in your work. And God, we pray to you for your work through your church in Haiti, for all the children who are being fed, that you would fill their bellies and fill their hearts with your love. Pray for everybody who's touched by the clinic, for the kids that are in school, for the jobs that are created, for the farmers that are growing crops, for the people who are learning trades. God, we pray that you would know, that they would know your love for them, that you would work in and through them in Haiti. And God, we pray for our own needs right here, for the work that you're doing, for the mission that you have here in White Bear Lake and the Northeast Twin Cities Metro. God, you know the needs, even before we pray, and yet you've led us to pray for them. And we lift up now to you the needs that are known to us that are on our hearts, praying for your work and offering ourselves to your service. Lord, hear our prayers.
Lord Jesus, you mercifully taught us to seek first your kingdom. And I don't entirely understand why, but we keep thinking our kingdoms are a better idea. I pray you would free us from the tyranny of that lie, from the foolishness of that lie, and that you would embolden us, clarify our vision and our thinking, give us pliability and surrender to your will and the joy of participating in your work. This is, this is our mission field where you've put us. We want to be part of what you're doing. Lead us. We follow. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.